In today's economic storm, people's retirement accounts are being devastated. Consumers are searching for a safe place to put their money. Are you feeling the same? If you are, please get ready to listen and learn about a new concept that will give you financial security and peace of mind. Now, here is the host of Become the Banker, certified financial planner and award-winning author, Joseph Quijano. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Good morning. We are, we are here in Denver, Colorado, which is really kind of a, a fun state. You know, the state uh, goes through ups and downs in temperature and climate. You know, a couple of uh, weeks ago, we had a, a record-breaking snowstorm. We got 27 inches. Think about that, 27 inches of snow. It was one of the, uh, I think it was the fourth largest snowstorm in Colorado's history. And uh, so we had a week after that of really nice weather. I'm talking about, you know, just like almost 60 degree weather. I think it got as high as 70 degrees. And then all of a sudden, last night, it began to snow again. Now we have about almost like eight inches of snow on the ground. So Colorado goes through very, you know, kind of a almost turbulent, you know, snowstorms and, and heat waves, but we love it. We love it. And right. uh, I'm here with uh, my son, uh, Jordan Gihan, who's also a financial advisor. And we are a certified financial planning firm. And the topic today is really going to be about that. How to select the proper or the right financial planner. Uh, do you want to say something, Jordan? I think I yeah. Like to yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, you know. I was just mentioning, just like you mentioned on the temperatures. Uh, you know, it's a that's why we get the the tag name here, the the bipolar state, because <laughs> you know, basically, it's always uh, indecisive, going one direction than the other. And I think this, you know, it's kind of uh, true when it talks to financial planning as a whole. You know, when we're talking about the stock market and financial planning and putting yourself in the right positions, I mean, there's nothing more important than having guarantees and predictable outcomes on your backbone, on your base. And I think you guys have all heard this from our show by now, that we really want you to build that. So when talking about the topic today of how to pick the right financial advisor, if you need a financial advisor, uh, and you know, what are the necessary steps? This is crucial information that most people, I think sometimes are too nervous to talk about. They're maybe uh, frightened to bring it up because uh, maybe they don't think they have enough money set aside for a financial advisor. I think there's a stigma sometimes that people need to be millionaires to have a financial advisor or, or make hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars a year when in reality, we all need a financial advisor or we all need financial coaching to get to a better spot. So that's the, let's jump right into it, Joseph. That is right. Uh, you know, to me, you know, right now, people in this economy, first of all, they need to have a coach. They need to have a guide, just like you said, Jordan. Then you have somebody that can take them by the hand and lead him, just lead them, lead them through the maze of financial obstacles that people are facing today. And I don't think it's going to get any better, to be honest with you. At least here, here in the United States, I don't think it's going to get any better. I mean, just like, for example, I mean, gasoline, I mean, a couple of weeks ago was actually almost like less than $2 a gallon for the, um, for the premium gas. I just filled up my car yesterday. You know what it was? 
over $3. And from the reports that I've been hearing, the price of uh, gas is gonna go up. So I don't think, I really don't think that the obstacles that we're facing today financially are not gonna get any better. So having the proper, having the right financial planner to help you navigate through those obstacles is gonna be crucial. Absolutely crucial for your financial health. So how do you choose one? Well, let me begin by saying that I think the first thing you need to do, you need to make, have some interviews. You know, basically you're gonna interview a financial planner. Like if you are going to go hire somebody to do a job for you, you're gonna to have to interview a financial planners. And the first thing I want you to do you know is to take notes when you're talking to them. I mean, if they don't wanna have an interview with you, then you know what? That's the wrong financial planner to begin with. Well, Most financial planners should be very happy to allow you the opportunity, the opportunity right. to sit down with them, right, Jordan? And, and ask them questions. And I think, you know, the phrase interview, you know, that's something that you don't need to, you know, per se bring up to them, but it's just like sourcing. Just like uh, if you're gonna get a mortgage, most people, the best thing you can do is shop around and check with two or three different banks or different lending uh, facilities or mortgage brokers so that you can have something to compare to. So when we're talking about interviewing, you know, obviously, when you say that to an advisor, you say, I want to interview you or I want to find out if you're the right advisor, you know, I might put them on a defense. You, you got to be just knowing what you're going in there for. It's okay to ask questions and, and, and just think about it as in a sense that this is your financial future. This is your family's financial future we're talking about. So you want to have somebody that has the same, uh, you know, kind of uh, morals or, or same outlook that you have when it comes to money and investing. If, you, if you're with somebody that's going to be very aggressive, but you're on a conservative side and you don't want to lose money, well, that's not going to help you. That's, the, uh, that, that's going to put you in the wrong philosophy, the wrong mindset. And that's, that's what we're talking about with kind of having that, that, that interaction with advisors. You need to have somebody that fits your philosophy. And the only way to figure that out is to you know, sit down with them or talk with them over the phone and ask them some questions. You know, but, yeah, I mean, by talking to them, you know, you know, the interview phrase, you know, basically was for you, you as a client, not to be uh, touting that with a financial advisor. But the key is, though, you know, when you do meet with them, meet with several, not just with one, but with several financial planners and uh, ask them questions. And the most important thing, and Jordan just said it, check their philosophy. See if your philosophy and their philosophy actually match. If you don't have a match, then you're not going to have the right outcome in your financial planning. You know, I, Jordan knows about this because we have a, we have a very good client that's a, a farmer, actually, in Kansas. And uh, they drive all the way to Colorado to meet with us. And, and one of the things, I, I just met with him over the weekend and... Um, he actually brought that point up. He said, you know, we were talking about his, his financial plan that we created for them. And I said, you know, you're not going to lose any money. That's the beauty about our plan. He says, well, that's what I liked when I sat down with you guys for the first time. You know, the, 
I knew that my money, I knew that your philosophy of preserving my cash was just like mine. You see, we, we, we had the same philosophy. Now, if, if he were, and he has, by the way, he went through several financial planners and uh, some, some of those people just turned, turned them off, you know, because they had a different philosophy. They had an aggressive philosophy. They believed in the stock market. You know, they didn't care about preserving, protecting somebody's wealth. They wanted to gamble it. Right. And he was not the right client for them. They, they mismatched philosophies. So very important thing to do is to make sure that your financial planner that you choose will have the same philosophical views about money and the economy. Right. And I think, you know, uh, for today's world, just as I started in, in, in the beginning of the show here, anybody should have a financial advisor. Just like it's just as smart to have a CPA or, or a tax, tax consultant. I mean, we are in different times today than our parents or grandparents were in. And so kind of doing it the old-fashioned way, it isn't working as it used to because we're in a whole different play uh, ground or a whole different arena with especially taxes. I mean, we know that uh, tax consultants and CPAs and anybody that can help you save money that's going to save you tremendously more money than what you're paying them for their advice, the $300, $400 that you paid to get saved in thousands of thousand dollars in taxes. So when it comes to financial planning, think of it the same way that having somebody that can grow your money, make it work for you, secure your future so that you don't have to work for the rest of your life or protect it from the, uh, the uncertainties of what if you do lose your job or get injured and you can't work? You need to have that protection. It is just as crucial as anything else. And I don't want anybody, anybody that's listening, don't ever think that uh, you know it's not that you're not important enough or that you don't have enough money to have uh, those needs because everybody needs that. Not just somebody that's a millionaire and not somebody that's that's poor or, or unemployed or it, it doesn't matter where you're at. Everybody needs the same financial criteria. And so we really believe in that to heart. And that's why uh, a lot of times when I meet with my clients, uh, they always, just like with my father too, Joseph, they always make the comment to us that they love how we take the time with them and treat them as if they're, mo if, if they're their most important client. And, 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 Anybody I'm sitting with, that is my full attention with. I don't care how big your account is or how little your account is, whatever you think it is. My time is yours and your time is mine. We're sitting there together and we're going to accomplish the goals as if you are Bill Gates. I mean, I don't care what your account is. The same philosophy needs to fit. So I love that you're bringing this up, Joseph, because this is something that's just it hits home with our clients all the time. And this is something that viewers, I hope, can start to, to, to put in place with their own family and their financial planning. Yeah, you know, you know, one of the things that I think is, uh, you know, it's kind of a muddy in the water amongst, amongst financial planners is that some of the wirehouses like Merrill Lynch, for example, okay, or Smith Barney, all those big wirehouses, what they do, they require a certain dollar amount for anybody walking into their office right. to, be able to uh, talk to a financial advisor. 
And I think some of them, I think the minimum they take, I think the smallest they take is $100,000. So, so this is what, or more. So, so this is why I think people get the wrong impression. That's so true. Because I mean, they say, I don't have a hundred thousand. To start with, at least, or with. yeah, yeah or, and, and, and not only that, I've even heard they have special products, special elite products for people who have more than a hundred thousand. Where if you don't have that kind of portfolio, you don't get the access to those better products that give you a higher returns. I mean, so so really, it's kind of I hate to say it, but it, it it's kind of like discriminating against you based off of your financial status. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, and 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 to me, I think this is what uh, and 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 the people that don't have people that don't have that kind of money, don't you agree that they still need financial advice? Of course, it's just like, like it's almost like being discriminated if you're not uh, the wealthy. It, right. Anybody needs the same advice. Like I said, I mean, it doesn't matter where you're at financially. We all need the same help because at the end of the day, we are in some uncharted territories. And at the end of the day, most of us, well, I'm going to say all of us, but most of us are not financially knowledgeable, you know, because we're not taught these things in school. We're not taught this a lot of times. And with our families and friends or anybody else, you sometimes go off of their advice, but that might not work for you because we're all in a different position. Maybe you're 30 years old, just getting started out. You can't take advice from somebody who's just getting ready to retire, like your parent, who's on a more uh, you know, basis of, of being conservative. I mean, there's just different times in life. So really what we're talking about is you got to be able to, to specialize, uh, not really specialize, but I should say tailor your financial planner to your specific needs, because that is the most important thing. You need to have somebody that has not only your philosophy, but really where you're at in life and wants to meet your goals for where you're going to be in the future, 10 to 15 years from now. So absolutely. I do agree. I mean, I, I see it all the time. And uh, then you got to choose, you know, whether that advisor is going to charge you a fee up front just to do a financial plan, just to talk to you. Right. We're going to charge you a commission. Uh, that's very important. And we're going that's to be huge. Yeah. We're going to be talking about this. You know, we're going to be taking our break here in about a, a minute or so. But when we come back, I think we're going to dig into that because that is so important. You know, whether or not you're going to be charged a fee or a commission. Yes. Now, you got to remember the definition of a financial planner. The definition of a financial plan is that they're going to create a financial plan, a roadmap for you, okay, to, to, to get from where you are now financially to where you want to be in the future. That's what they call a financial plan. They'll, they'll share with you what you need to do. Now, some financial planners do not sell you any products. They're only a fee-only financial planner, and they will charge you thousands, I'm talking about thousands and thousands of dollars just to create that roadmap. Are you willing to pay that? Or do you want somebody that's independent, independent, you know, that will get paid by commissions from the companies that he chooses? Right. And I think 
let's and let's let's definitely dive in there because there's three ways to get paid as a financial advisor and so i want to talk about each one of those right after this short break so that we can give you a great idea of just what to expect when you walk into those doors so this is jordan and joseph quijano with become the banker on inspired choices network and we'll be right back with you after this short little break if what you thought to be true about money turned out not to be true when would you like to know about it? Most of us have been taught wrong about money either by our family or friends. Our school system does not have any curriculum to teach us how money really works and how to make our money grow without risk in any economy. By tuning in to Become the Banker radio show with certified financial planner Joseph Quijano, you'll learn the truth about money and strategies to help you grow your money without risk. Are you ready to thrive financially in the economy? Listen for Become the Banker Radio Show every Monday at 12 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Mountain, and 9 a.m. Pacific. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspire Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email becomeahost at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is the Become the Banker Show with certified financial planner, Joseph Quijano. To participate in today's show, join our live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You can also ask or comment by email to joseph at becomethebanker.org or text to 303-880-0887. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is Joseph Quijano and uh, Jordan Quijano. And uh, we talk to you a little bit about choosing a financial advisor. And uh, there's several things that we're gonna be talking about, but I think Jordan wanted to, uh, to really dig into the way that financial planners usually get paid. Right, Jordan? Yeah, that's right. I mean, there's, it's real basic. I mean, there's three ways to get paid as a financial planner or financial advisor, broker, however you wanna look at the the advisor and this is important for you to know because this affects your accounts whether you're going to be paying a fee uh just up front once or if you're going to be paying an ongoing fee for the rest of your life i mean and that's something that can add up to tremendous amounts of dollars that are lost out the back pocket so let's let's just jump right into it. there's three ways the first way we kind of talked about it a little bit. It's called a fee-only financial pl planner, a fee-only financial advisor, which means, in other words, uh, the advisor puts together a plan specific to your needs. Uh, they don't make commissions. They don't make trailers. They don't make it on ongoing uh, percentages. What they do is they charge a fee just to put a, a whole plan together for you. And if you like it, it might cost you five, six, seven, ten thousand dollars, whatever, and you take it, and great, that's all you pay. But then going forward in the future, if you want to make any changes, if you want to add on, you have new children into the family, you want to get something started for them, and you want to start doing different things, well, guess what? You're going to have to go back to the drawing board and put 
some more expenses towards that. It's almost like a lawyer in a sense, which uh, nothing against lawyers at all, but it, it, there's a fear that I think most of us all have is if we call a lawyer, we're, we're fearful that if we sit down with them or if we talk to them, that we might be getting a bill sent to us. Well, that's not good to have for a financial planner. I mean, this should be somebody you should be able to call for any of your financial needs, any of your concerns to get advice for so you're making the right financial moves and you don't want to leave with a bill every time. So that is a fee-only financial planner. The second method. Let, let me just uh, break up a little bit here, Jordan, you know, because, you know, the couple that I was telling you about, you know, I was telling the listeners about, you know, yep. the, 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 the family from Kansas that drives all the way to Colorado to see me, to, to see us, basically. Um, that's exactly what they said to me. Because, see, they had a question. You know, they drove all the way to meet with me, not only to, uh, to help them increase their financial plan, but also to ask me a financial question, you know, there, they have a farm and his question was, you know, why don't I sell, you know, one quarter of the land and basically put this money into my financial plan. So after weighing everything, you know, we were able to come up with a solution for him. But you see, if I would have been a fee-only financial planner, like Jordan was explaining, they would have paid me. They would have paid me for that advice. Right. Where, where they actually got it without having to pay me. So that is a huge, huge difference right there. Yeah. So, and, and, and as we go forward, and I'll, I'll explain a little bit more of the differences, you know, and how we work. But, but, but the big thing is that is a fee-only financial planner. The second the second one is the most common one that people are used to. And this is what's called like a brokerage fee or an ongoing fee. And this is what most financial advisors are getting paid like. And this is what most 401ks or IRAs that you have for your employer. That's how you're getting charged. You get an ongoing fee, a brokerage fee that's going every quarter or, or, or once a year, a big lump sum. And they charge you whether your account is up the same fee or whether your account is down, they charge you the same fee. So at the end of the day, most people are losing typically between three to four and a half percent in brokerage fees on their on their 401ks and IRAs or even brokerage accounts. So if you look at it, you got to look at the whole statement. A lot of times people look at it and they come to me, they say, oh, no, no, see, my broker's only charging me one uh, percent. Well, that's maybe for the quarter. They usually get quarter statements. You know, they break it up over the year. So if you look at it and add it up or multiply it by four, you got to look at all the fees. And a lot of times I'll be straightforward with you. It's not that transparent. It's very difficult to find the fees that you're getting charged because it'll turn you off. If you knew that you're given 4% out the back door, especially if you're only getting maybe seven or 8% return and you're paying half of that away in fees. That's, that's, that's the downside of having an ongoing fee that never goes away for the rest of your life. And that is a brokerage fee. And that is very, very common in today's world. And a lot of brokers like that, or a lot of financial advisors like that, because they get paid the most money. Because again, their account is getting paid, whether your account is up, or if it's losing money, they're still getting paid. And I will say one last piece about that. Going back to my statement when we were talking about how our clients love how we treat everybody at the same level, whether they're a millionaire or whether they're, you know, just making it or just getting by, we treat them with the same level, the same respect, and we give the same attention to all those clients. 
what happens when you're at a brokerage fee and somebody maybe has $5 million with a, with a broker and there's maybe 10 or 15 of those clients, but your account's only maybe 150 or 200,000. Who do you think is going to get the most attention? I mean, the broker's going to be making a tremendous more money on those bigger accounts. And uh, ultimately, I hate to say it, but they be, it might be very difficult for them to keep their eyes on every single account. So I just want to be, you know, there, I'm not saying that there's bad brokers out there and there are good brokers out there. There's definitely a combination of everything out there. But at the end of the day, just know what you're getting in with because that's important. And the third and final fee is what's called commission-based or, or commission-only. And this is what seems to be the best way to get paid as financial advisors. At least our, our opinion is because it's where you get paid by the companies, they pay the advisor, just like my father and I, this is how we work. We get paid commissions directly from the companies we represent. And so we have access to uh, many, many companies, uh, you know, especially on one side of the business, we have access to about over 35 different companies for the pension side. But we only use maybe two or three of them at, at, at once because those are maybe the top three companies at that time. Well, those companies don't go into your pocket and pay us our commission. They pay commissions out of the company's pocket, not the client's pocket. So this is a win-win situation where not only does the advisor, us get paid, but you get to keep your full account intact and it continues to grow with, and you're not starting behind because you have a fee to pay uh, that pays for commissions. That is a huge win in that situation. And at the same point, this allows us to, to offer our resources of helping any of our clients. If they have questions when they go talk to somebody about mortgages, they love to call me up and ask, hey, Jordan, I got these different mortgages. Can you explain them to me or give me a little bit more insight? Because they know it's an unbiased uh, information I'm giving them because I'm not the broker. I'm not the uh, mortgage broker. It's making money. So this gives them that ability that once they're a client of ours, we get paid by the companies and basically we're a retainer with our clients where we can help them out with any financial advice that they have. So that is the third method to get paid. And typically that's the best method to get paid because again, it doesn't hurt your pocket. It, it helps uh, your pocket grow and you don't have an ongoing fee that you have to worry about paying every single quarter, every single year uh, that goes to the, the broker or the agent. That's a huge difference. So three ways to get paid, you know, and they're all different. They all have their own purpose. Uh, but again, that should be something you should be taking into consideration when you're looking for the right financial advisors. How are they going to get paid? And right. we get that question all the time in our webinars and seminars. We love to answer it because that is a very, very important question to ask if you're talking to anybody that's managing your money. Absolutely. And, you know, one of the things that uh, I do want to mention is that uh, that's part of the philosophy that you need to be checking, you know, and asking questions. You know, how do you get paid? Ask that question, right? How do you get paid? Now, you see, if somebody tells you I get paid by an ongoing fee, then that means that the financial advisor, you know, would rather make money whether your account grows up and down. So, I mean, does that match your philosophy? So, so this is the key. I want you to ask questions and be sure that every question and every answer that you ask will match the way that you think 
and the way that you are looking at financial planning. Three ways to get paid, like Jordan explained. Very, very good questions to ask. And now I think you know something about, you know, how people get paid in our business, that you should be able to have a pretty good, pretty good ammunition right now if you're looking for a financial planner. Don't you agree, Jordan? Absolutely. Absolutely, I do. So uh, while you're taking these notes as a, as a listener, uh, just know that everybody who works obviously wants to get paid. So, so it's okay for an advisor to get paid. It's okay to, for the be commissions. It's okay for even advisors to have those brokerage fees or whatever. But like I said, it's just based off of what your philosophy is. If your philosophy is that you wouldn't want that continual brokerage fee and you have an account that's only, uh, you know, just getting started out, maybe you don't need that fee that's tapping on three to 4% every single year. If you're only making eight or nine or 12%, you know, I mean, for that one year, because what happens the next year, just like my father said, if you're going negative because the market just crashed, well, you just lost money because of the market, but now you're also losing money because of the brokerage fee. So just, again, know what is, what you're getting uh, kind of, with with your financial planner or lay or laying in bed with, as I said, I was about to say, you know, know what you're getting in trouble with with that, or know what you're understanding, and it's okay to ask that question. Don't let them be shy to answer it because they should be willing to tell you that. And as a fiduciary, if anybody's a certified financial planner or if they are fiduciaries, they have to tell you that when you ask them those questions. And that's something that they should be willing to tell you. Should have to be told, but should be willing to tell you because. It's important to know what you're paying for your services. So that is as crucial. But we're going to get ready for another uh, quick break here. And uh, when we come back, we're going to circle back to uh, just a few other questions that you should be asking, you know, financial planners and financial advisors when you sit down with them. You know, I think it's it's good for you to understand some of the main questions you should be looking for and really does that financial planner, if they believe in the products they're selling, do they use those products in their own financial portfolio for themselves or their families? That's what we're going to be coming back to. So again, this is Jordan and Joseph Quijano with Become the Banker. We'll be right back with you after this short break. If what you thought to be true about money turned out not to be true, when would you like to know about it? Most of us have been taught wrong about money either by our family or friends. Our school system does not have any curriculum to teach us how money really works and how to make our money grow without risk in any economy. By tuning in to Become the Banker radio show with certified financial planner Joseph Quijano, you'll learn the truth about money and strategies to help you grow your money without risk. Are you ready to thrive financially in the economy? Listen for Become the Banker Radio Show every Monday at 12 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Mountain, and 9 a.m. Pacific. Investments hit all-time lows, except for Become the Banker. Do you know how much money was lost in those accounts? Not one penny. Become the Banker is a safe, guaranteed return of 4% plus a 1% dividend. In a nutshell, you overfund life insurance on purpose to build a tax-sheltered cash account for retirement and for loaning to yourself along the way and not losing to the stock market. BecomeTheBanker.org. You owe it to yourself to go to the next seminar. BecomeTheBanker.org. Who's laughing now? This is the Become the Banker Show with certified financial planner, Joseph Quijano. To participate in today's show, join our live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. 
You can also ask or comment by email to joseph at becomethebanker.org or text to 303-880-0887. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we're um, Joseph Quijano and my son uh, Jordan is with us as well. And we, we want to talk to you about additional questions that you may be, uh, that you should actually be asking your prospective uh, financial planner. And one of the questions would be, what is your education? You have to be educated. You see a lot of financial planners, they just, you know, there's no regulation for the words financial planners. Anybody can be a financial planner. I mean, we have insurance people that call themselves financial planners. We have stockbrokers that call themselves financial planners. It basically, anybody is it's, it's a very loose term, financial planners. Okay. Anybody, anybody can hang a shingle on their front door and call themselves a financial planner. So how do you how do you really differentiate, you know, that type of planner with somebody that's fully, fully educated in the field of financial planning? For example, I mean. I, I don't know about you, but when I go see a doctor, when I choose my doctors, I look at their credentials. I mean, to me, that's the most important part. I, I want to go with somebody that is a, a total pro in the field that I'm trying to actually get well on. Or, or if I, uh, like I had surgery, and I think Jordan, you'll remember this because I mean, you had to drive me many times. I actually had cataracts in my eye, my eyes, and I really couldn't even drive at night. Jordan had to drive me, you know, to, uh, to appointments and things like that. Excuse me. But when I, when I was looking for the best surgeon here in Colorado, I researched all the eye surgeons that I could and I finally found a professor at the University of Colorado uh, Health Science who actually take my case. And I felt so comfortable knowing that he was not only a top-notch, world-renowned surgeon for the cataracts, but he was also a professor. He was teaching other doctors to become just like him. So education, this will be important. Ask the financial planner, what is your level of education? Have you taken any training in financial planning? Are you certified? You see, that term financial planner is very loosely held, okay? However, though, when you get the word certified financial planner, that takes on a totally different meaning. That means that that person is not only a financial planner, but he's certified by a, bo by a board, by the board of financial planning in Washington, DC. In order to become certified, you can't just hang a shingle on your front door saying, Joe Doe, call my financial, CFP financial planner. You have to go to school for that. It normally takes about two to four years to get a to, to, to get the education that you need to be able to pass 
a test that rivals the bar exam. It's an eight hour test. And I'm gonna tell you that over 40% of the people that take it fail the test. So they don't wanna go through the expense of paying the tuition all over again. And they don't wanna go and spend more time. So they just give up. And guess what they call themselves? Financial planners, but they're not certified. Now, to become certified, just like Jordan said earlier, we are held in the, to the highest moral standards of ethics. We are called a fiduciary. That means that we, we have to take your best interest at heart. We have to guide you with that our interest being first. This is the key about become certified. Now, a fiduciary, that means that we are going to make sure that we put our needs and wants to one side and just concentrate on your wants and needs, regardless of whether or not we're gonna get paid or not. Now, that's the, that is the bottom line right there. So we are held to the highest standard. And we are, we are a certified financial planning firm. So if you need some help and you're looking for a financial planner, again, find out what is your education level. And if you want to, just give us a call or just go to our website at becomethebanker.org and we can help you. So Jordan, you want to take the second way? Yeah, I think uh, you know, like like you said. I mean, aside from that, I mean, at the end of the day, anybody, even when, even if you do have the certification, or if you're just a financial advisor, going back to the beginning, a lot of it's going to come down to your philosophy. If you like that person, if you like uh, the conversations you have, because. Sometimes when it comes to this business or really any business, I mean, you could have all the best products in this world and you could have, uh, you know, the best advisors and somebody with the best credentials, they can have master degrees, they can have everything. But at the end of the day, if it doesn't fit with what you're looking for and if it doesn't work with your philosophy and if it doesn't feel right, then don't force yourself by going with that person. I mean, you have many, many options out there, and a lot of it has to come down to how you feel with that individual, and know that that person is going to be there for your your family as well. If you're not, if you're not, if you're not around, because that's very, very important to think of is not just today, but what happens, uh, you know, when you might pass on to the next life and graduate to the next world. Is that advisor going to be there for you and your your family? So. Really take it take it past uh, the education part. It is important to have that, but look even deeper and ask them with a lot of the products that they're offering. And, and, and any advisor that's using, uh, you know, specialized products or specialized formulas or or certain stocks or certain bonds or whatever they're they're using for their for financial planning uh, products, ask them if they're using it with themselves. I mean. If they love what they do so much, if they think that this is the best product to be in, 
they should be doing it themselves. I mean, it's just like the the the, the thought process that if you're going to go buy a Mercedes Benz from somebody at a Mercedes Benz dealership, and you're going to ask the person who's selling you the car, well, how does it drive, and how is this, and how nice is it? And at the end of the day, if that person's not driving Mercedes Benz and they're driving, uh, you know, something out the back door at Nissan, and nothing wrong against it, but you want to be able to talk to somebody who has experience with that product, who has knowledgeable sense to say that I love it so much that I drive a Mercedes Benz, or I love it so much because I do this. Just like we do with our financial planning uh, products, we only deal with two strategies, two products. One is the Become the Banker strategy, which we've talked in depth about, and also the, the, the Guaranteed Retirement Pension Account, which is very, very exciting. We've been talking about both those products on other episodes. So if you want more details about that, please refer to our previous shows. But both products, we love those products. We own them ourselves. I mean, it's not that we, we, we don't just tout this and say that oh, these are the best products out there that don't have them ourselves. I mean, that would be very uh, two-sided, you know, and, and, and not being truthful. So realize, I mean, if somebody's selling you something, make sure that they're it, they're in it as well because I think that's important to know that if it's that good for for their cl- clients or everybody else's money, well, their money should be in it too, and that way you can feel a little bit more at ease and a little bit safe, safer to be with. Uh, you know, I th- another point to bring across too is it's okay to ask for testimonials or or ask for referrals or look at their testimonials or their ratings. I mean, that is another good sign. I think if somebody has an individual or if they have testimonials on their site that I mean are true testimonials. I mean ones that you know you can see they're not getting paid for it or they're they're not getting any advantage for it, but they're just saying it because they believe in it and that they're clients that actually have used it for years. Ask to see testimonials like that or ask to, you know, even if you can maybe get the next step to talk to somebody. I mean, we've had that in the past with some of our uh, you know, clients who've really, really wanted to vet us. They talked to some of our clients before, uh, even like uh, Paula Haddock, who is the host of uh, Colorado's Best here, which is a Channel 2 uh, station in Colorado, Denver here. And she is a huge advocate for our program because uh, she believes in it. She's a client of ours. She's been doing this for 11 years. So she is just like we are. She gets on the rooftops and touts it with us and tells everybody about how wonderful this is. And there's been times that she's even, uh, you know, helped answer questions for, for potential clients. Because, uh, you know, sometimes people want to hear it from somebody else that, that might not be the advisor. So, so that's okay to look at those things. Uh, just know, you know, that looking at ratings at the, the, better, the better Business Bureau, that's important to have good positive ratings, to look at their reviews, you know, whether it's even just Google reviews or any reviews. I mean, that's something that our world is really based on nowadays is having reviews so that you can refer to like what I'm talking about. And in addition to that, uh, you know, just having all those other questions that we've been going through the show, that should help you at least get a good gauge or a good kind of feeling for, uh, you know, who the individual is that you're working with. Because again, bottom line, hold on, hold on. Again, bottom line, looking at this is, this is your financial future we're talking about. This is your rest of your life that if you're going to have an income that'll carry you until the day you pass and even give something to your loved ones. So we're not talking about just the automobile. We're not talking about just a one-time sale here. 
we're talking about this is the rest of your life that we're talking about. So make sure you're taking the necessary steps. Go ahead, Joseph. No, the last thing I wanted to just point out, I mean, which is really important. You know, we, we talk about how you get paid. What is your education level? And now that I think the next thing people should ask is what is your experience? How long have you been doing this? Yeah. I mean, to me, I mean, if I'm going to trust my eyesight to a doctor or to a surgeon, I want to find out if I'm the first patient. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, the first patient. Oh, 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 yeah, you may be one. Oh, this, you're my 10th. Right. Exactly. How you comfortable? So what is your experience? How many years have you actually done financial planning? Or do Absolutely. you or do you just do you just do you just do it part time or are you a full time financial planner? Yeah, what that's is, huge. How many years? How many years? That's, that's huge because I think right there, uh, understandably so, everybody when they get into a new trade or a new business or whatever, they gotta start somewhere. So we understand that side of it. But at the end of the day, you you wanna know where their experience level is at because you really don't wanna be you know, the guinea pig a lot of times. And, then, and that's just the reality of it. And so uh, when we're talking about our financial products and our financial uh, firm become the banker, you know, my father, like he's been doing this for close to 50 years now. This has been his whole, his whole, his whole career. Myself, I've been doing this for 11 years. This has been my whole career. I'm 31 years old. And so this is all that we know. And, and, and this is important for you to understand because, that's something that we don't just do on the side and, and then we're going to sell, uh, you know, or being a plumber on the, on the weekend, you know, that, that's, that this is our, all we know is all we believe in. And that should be somebody you should trust in because again, we're talking about your financial life and your financial future. So we're going to take a quick break here. Again, this is Jordan and Joseph Quijano with Become the Banker on Inspired Choices Network. And we'll be right back with you after this short break. If what you thought to be true about money turned out not to be true, when would you like to know about it? Most of us have been taught wrong about money either by our family or friends. Our school system does not have any curriculum to teach us how money really works and how to make our money grow without risk in any economy. By tuning in to Become the Banker radio show with certified financial planner Joseph Quijano, you'll learn the truth about money and strategies to help you grow your money without risk. Are you ready to thrive financially in the economy? Listen for Become the Banker Radio Show every Monday at 12 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Mountain, and 9 a.m. Pacific. Hello, I'm consumer advocate Tom Martino. For years, I've been telling you about a safe, secure investment that you can do for as little as $200 a month. Earnings grow tax-free. And better than that, during this recent stock market crash, they did not lose a penny. Even though investments hit all-time lows, those involved in Become the Banker are still earning their guaranteed return of 4% tax-free plus a 1% dividend. Isn't it time you at least investigate and possibly become the banker yourself? In a nutshell, you overfund life insurance on purpose to build tax-sheltered cash for retirement and for loaning to yourself for life's needs and pleasures, college, credit card debt, a mortgage. They can all be paid when you become the banker. Do yourself a favor. At least find out more. Becomethebanker.org. For the next webinar, that's becomethebanker.org. And for a video review, becomethebanker.info. It's time to take action and stop your losses. Becomethebanker.org. This is the Become the Banker Show. 
with certified financial planner, Joseph Quijano. To participate in today's show, join our live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You can also ask or comment by email to joseph at becomethebanker.org or text to 303-880-0887. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Joseph Quijano with my son, Jordan Quijano. And, you know, we were talking about on the right before we took, took a break, you know, about the, uh, the education, the experience and how financial planners get paid and not to be shy and you ask questions, right? When you're looking for a financial advisor. Now, I have seen it many times, what Jordan was telling you before a break, that uh, you wanna choose somebody that this is their full-time career, that, that they've been doing it for many, many years, that they have good experience, okay? I have seen almost daily products, financial products that are being sold to consumers when they come to see us, and they were sold by a relative of theirs or a personal friend. And those products do not meet that client's objectives. Now, just a couple of months ago, I ran across a husband and wife team that actually bought a financial product that actually dealt with life insurance. And even though the client had a heart condition, her friend told her not to put it down on the application. Now, I don't know what, after reviewing the, you know, you know the company must have just messed it because it went through underwriting. And when I saw it, I said, you know what? You got to tell the company. You got to tell the company. Because you know, the worst thing that could happen would be that if you die tomorrow, they're going to investigate it. And they wanna find, they're going to find that you had a pre-existing heart condition. They're not going to pay the death claim. So this is really important that after she called the company and she said, you know, this is what happened. Her biggest fear was to get her friend into trouble. Because see, actually, that's, that's against the law. You have to disclose everything to the life insurance company. So they cancel a policy that should not have been issued in the first place. Isn't that terrible? That is terrible. And I think, uh, you know, that's that brings up the other side to it is not only buying for family members and friends, but sometimes, you know, because a family member or a friend gets into the business, uh, you know, people feel obligated to, you know, go with them. And, and, and I've seen, many, we, we, I know not just me, you've seen it as well. We both have seen it many times that a lot of those times, those products that are sold to them, uh, again, maybe the friend is just starting out in the business because they're brand new to it. So they're trying to sell to their closest friends and relatives because they know them the best. So, so you, you trust your friend and that, but at the end of the day, they're new to the business. They're a guinea pig. So uh, that's where we're going back to the last thing is their experience might not be there. The product might not be the best product. And many times we see this with our clients where we look at the insurance product they have. We look at the investment product they had and we say, oh, my goodness, uh, you know, why did you buy this? Why did you get into this? You know, it has 
uh, fees on this for the rest of your life, or you have surrender penalties for 20 years. And a lot of them always say, Oh, you know why? Because I bought that for my friend and my friend was in this and they find out that it wasn't the best product. So, so just know what you're doing, do your due diligence. And again, don't be fearful to ask those questions. This is your financial future. So why don't you close us out here, Joseph? Absolutely. You know, that, that, that was, you know, this topic is really important because I think you, I think all of us need a financial plan, whether you're wealthy or not wealthy, we all need competent financial advice. And the best way to search for that person to help you with your financial future will be to interview them. And that's a loosely word that I want to use, interview them. You have to tell me, you don't have to tell the financial planner that you need to interview them. But Jordan, you, you may remember this. When we, you may not remember this because you were too little, but when we moved from Oregon to Colorado, I took the entire family, your sisters, and we went to interview our family doctor, Dr. Rupal. He just retired, by the way. We went, and I remember this clearly, we sat down and, by, and right there in his office, and we asked questions about his philosophy, how he, because I, I believe in natural medicine to begin with. And this guy was a doctor, osteopathic physician, which believes in natural medicine as well. So immediately right there, our philosophy matched. And we kept that doctor for over 30 years until he just retired. So to me, it is absolutely necessary to do the same thing with your financial planner. Interview them, ask questions, make sure that their philosophy matches your philosophy. Ask them how they get paid. If that's agreeable with you, then you know what? Ask them about their education. Ask them about how many years they've been in the business. Now, if you get all that information, you're going to have a powerful, powerful way to make a decision as to who is that financial planner that you're going to use. So to me, it's very, very crucial before you embark on a financial planning journey to do your homework. Definitely do your homework and ask questions. That is the most important thing. So with that, I'd like to uh, close this wonderful show that we did today. And I, I'd like to just ask you to please call us if you have any questions or just go to our website at becomethebanker.org. Thank you for listening and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you all. Thank you for choosing to listen to Become the Banker radio show. Certified financial planner Joseph Quijano will return next Monday at 12 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Mountain, and 9 a.m. Pacific. Until then, remember, rich people think like rich people. Poor people think like poor people.